And I love what Pastor Chris said. I love it so much. I love it more than 100%. Discover personally how the Word of God can affect and make a change in your life through the ministry of Pastor Chris Ross. Pastor Chris is the founder of Breakthrough Ministries International Church with multiple branches in South Africa and abroad. He is a healing evangelist for the Jesus the Answer Outreach Ministry, an outreach crusade bringing healing, deliverance and breakthrough to many people. Breakthrough Ministries International is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of zeal and fire for the Lord. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast channel to receive new messages every week. Now, let's listen to Pastor Chris. in the way. Is it a nice heading? Because if I say scandal on, you won't even want to listen to it because you think it's too high grade. But traps in the way. Unfortunately, my friends, I must give you this news. It might not be good news. You're on your way to heaven. That's good news, isn't it? Oh, you're on your way to heaven and the journey gets sweeter every day. That's a song we used to sing. But on your journey, everybody say journey. Journey. There are traps in the way. I'm sure you're all, at least, you've heard about the war going on in Israel and Palestine, right? So when you study war, you realize also that there are many traps in war. You're not sure, should we go this way? Will there be what we call an ambush? Or are there traps like bombs, planted in the ground. What do they call those bombs? You step on landmines. Yeah. If you step on it, you can't lift your foot off because it, it explodes. Then you have to find a way. How now? There is a way if you can put the blade in quick enough to stop the pin from lifting. But most people don't get it right and then they lose their legs. Princess Diana used to go and give her life to those people who were blasted in landmines. Anyway, but as you're on your journey, there'll be a trap in your way. Last week I started by giving you some of the traps, but today I want to just give you more traps. Amen. And one of the sad things, brother, is that people on this journey, they don't make it to the end. Actually, we pastors, we scratch our heads to think, what is the best way to disciple people? What is the best way after you win a soul? And next week, we are going to Rosendal Open Air. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. We are winning souls. Now, how to win that soul at the salvation decision to make the soul become a strong runner for the Lord? Because Paul spoke about, I'm running my race. Huh? How to be a strong runner and not to fall at the traps. Do you understand? Because traps there will be. That you can't escape. There is no race without traps waiting for you. And many people fall at the traps. It becomes very sad. Because you like to go to the end where you get an accolade, you get a hand clap, you get an ovation, and you hear the voice of God say, Well done, my good and my faithful child. You've made it. 
to the end. You see, whilst we are here, you see, when people die, when Christians die, I know we are sad. But in a certain sense, we must be happy. The person has made it to the end. Are you with me? It's for you that we must worry. Worry now. For you. Will you make it? Or will one of the traps blow you apart? If you have an empty chair next to you, I know there's not many empty chairs, but try to look for an empty chair. There was a person on that chair some time ago who fell at a trap, a scandal on. I never came back. May you survive to the very end. Be faithful to the end. Revelation chapter 2. Last week was our heading. Jesus spoke to the church in Smyrna. He said, you must be faithful unto death. This is the year or the month of loyalty. We focus on loyalty. So I'm teaching you about faithfulness. Faithfulness is a beautiful thing. Amen. You would like your husband to stay faithful to you to the very end. Isn't that right, LPD? Some women think because their husbands are not handsome that, they are, that, that no other woman will come for their husbands. That's a mistake. That's a big mistake. Don't think I don't have to do my duty because you'll be, you'll be surprised. I almost said you'll be for bass. You, 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 you'll be surprised how ladies go for any man. Especially if you can give something. But how many ladies would like a man to stay faithful to the very end? And how many men would like their woman to stay faithful to the end? Especially when you don't have a job and you're not earning money and things are not what it should be. You don't want a wife to tell you you are no good. Isn't it? You want her to remain faithful. What humility and respect towards you as the king of the household. Isn't that beautiful, ladies and gentlemen? Isn't it wonderful if people can be faithful? So in the church, Jesus also requires of you to stay faithful. But the enemy won't leave you. Put these traps in your way. But by God's grace and the knowledge that you are receiving now, and the constant listening to the recordings of the tapes, you are going to defeat the scandal on. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, last week I started by mentioning to you, the first one was your friends that you connected to. That's the first trap, isn't it? And I can't go back into that. Please get the tape, all right? Now, it's a very important point, and I find that to be probably where most people fall. They are connected to wrong people that don't love God, that don't love the church, that don't love the work of God. Get away. Number two, we spoke about unforgiveness. Do you remember? It makes you fall out of the race. Yes. Now, number three, I want to go on quickly and give you maybe two or three more points. Are you here? 
People who fall in the journey to heaven or on the race to heaven are people who are prone to what we call bitterness. Now you might say, isn't it the same as unforgiveness? No. Bitterness is a higher level. People who are prone to bitterness, they fall and they don't make it to the very end. Praise the Lord. Now, let's look at this. Hebrews 12, 15, please. Hebrews 12, 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail by the grace of God. Ladies and gentlemen, do you see this is, is what I'm preaching? You must look, look, look with your eyes. Unless you fail. Huh? What must you look for? Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, trouble you, and therefore make you defile. Say bitterness. You young children, I'm so happy you are here because this thing does, does not easily affect you, you young children. You teenagers, you're not 20 yet. You that jump when pastor speaks, you that run when pastor calls, you're different. But the older you get, then this root, this is a trap for, for mature people. <laughs> Are you hearing me? It's a trap for mature people. And it's perhaps one of the greatest conditions that prevents a person from being faithful unto death. What does it really mean? A definition of bitterness is a complicated and deep-seated version of unforgiveness. So you, you don't forgive, but it's a deep-seated unforgiveness. Deep-seated and complicated. It is also the spiteful, malicious, and vengeful version of unforgiveness. You want to revenge. You want to see the person who did you harm come to some failure or some catastrophe or even die. Are you hearing me? That is when you have inside of you a root of bitterness. That's why I, I, I think most young people don't really have this problem. But the older you get and the more life blows against you and the more people hurt you, offenses, scandalons, there grows in you some bitterness, vengeful acts. You like to see the person harm. You see this war now. Yeah? If you watch it, I, I'm watching it carefully. You'll see bitterness in the lives of people. Oh yes. They hate one another. They spoke about babies being killed. Big fat mama or old mamas being shot 30 times with a gun. I mean a fat big mama can't fight back. So what would make you Empty a machine gun on an old woman. You must be bitter with vengeful revenge. Do you understand the danger of bitterness? Don't take it lightly.
So a person who is deeply rooted in unforgiveness becomes bitter. And it defiles many people. I had a pastor in this church. After I rebuked him. I rebuked everybody. But not people above me. I have people above me. I don't rebuke upwards. Rebuke is always downwards. Are you, are you hearing me? Where is that lady who spoke here for the cell groups? Stand, Mama. I was impressed by your short speech. You really have a good understanding of what we are trying to do. And when you said you are taught how to behave and how to respect one another, I really like that. Because if I can get that right, then I've done something for my community. How to respect one another. Clap for that lady. Beautiful. You may be seated. See me after church. Come drink some tea with me at the table. I rebuked the pastor because I felt he wasn't doing his work right. The pastor, you know, when you are young and you get a rebuke, you can easily say, oh, pastor, I'm sorry. Piet was, is Piet in the church today? He's always working. Yesterday, Pastor Charlie rebuked him very sternly. I felt sorry for him. Now, you know, if I feel sorry for you, then something is wrong. But later he came and he said, I'm sorry. Pastor Charlie, I'm sorry for, for what I did. And I thought, look at this guy's humility. That's why he goes far and he stays here for long. Because he overcomes the root of bitterness. And so he didn't get, but this pastor I'm rebuking now, he, he, he pulled himself up. He actually made an appointment to see me. And when he came, he said, nobody has ever spoken to him like I spoke to him. Nobody. Because he felt he's a big man. He was a big man. And then he took his bags and he left. Because of the root of bitterness in him now that there's no turning back. And he tried to start his own church. And I don't think he had many people. I think he reached 12. But he became old fast overnight and gray. I know gray comes to some of us at some time. But I mean when you, when you, when you gray rapidly. Hey. <laughs> you are unrecognizable. He should have stayed here and helped as, a, as an assistant. And he would have been part of the glory that we are experiencing now, isn't it? But because of the root of bitterness. Some time ago, this lady, Stan, this lady, she was with me in a, in, a, in a funeral service. Then I went to see some old members that used to serve here at our church. So I told her, come, let's go greet them because we love people. We, we don't hate people. There should be no root of bitterness in us. Isn't it? So as I came and I asked them, how are you girls doing? Hmm. We were surprised to see the root of bitterness. They were actually sitting and discussing us. And so every question I asked, they told me, you don't need to know. I said, what? <laughs> I 
I said, are you not happy? You don't need to know. I said, so how's your family? You don't need to know. And I asked this one, when last did I see these people? 15 years ago. But in them, they developed a root of bitterness. I don't know why they left in any case. Must have just been. I'm a man of order. I, I like order and I like things to work right. And I can't be quiet if things are out of order. Forgive me, I pray. Please forgive me. So probably put them in order. And, but you can't believe over the years how the unforgiveness has grown into a root of bitterness. I'm sure they pass by every time to say, I wonder when this building is going to break down. I wonder when the cars are going to be less. You see, when you have a vengeful attitude that that person that has done you wrong must go down. You want to see the distraction and the hurt of a person. It's bitterness. Let me tell you something. On your race, you're going to fall by that trap. You're not going to make it to heaven. Your heart must be clean. And you must meet and greet everybody that you can see on the way. Don't have to be friends with everybody. Yes, you part ways, but you don't carry roots of bitterness in your hearts. Are you with me? You don't have to be friends with everybody. You part ways, but don't let the root of bitterness grow inside of you. You can sit down. She was afraid I was going to use her as an example of bitterness, but this is... She's not. She's been rebuked many times. And she's jumped over the scandal of bitterness. Clap for Jesus. Be careful that you never walk in vengeful, rancorous, unforgiveness and hatred. Bitterness will destroy you, my friend. Bitterness will destroy many people. Now, I know that you've been hurt. Listen, maybe not in a church. Maybe in your family. Maybe your father, your stepfather, your mother. You have to let go of the vengeful act of bitterness inside of you. Otherwise, you're never going to go high in Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Your heart must be clean. Jesus taught us as, as disciples, when you pray, say, forgive us our trespasses. As, you, as we forgive those who also trespass against us. And you see, people will always have differences with you. They say, no, it's not me, it's you. It's, it's okay. Just separate, clean your heart, and by the fruit you shall know. Are you from God or are they from God? Over time, your fruit will show. There should be fruit. Jesus works with fruit. Amen. He said, if you don't believe the things I say, just check the things I do. Aha. Get out of bitterness. Forgive your father. Forgive your mother. Forgive your, 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 your father who ran away and who left you with your mother. And you didn't grow up in good circumstances. You must clean your heart from these things. Because God has a great future for you. Do you know that? God wants to use you and, and bless you and prosper you. But these are the traps that make you fall on the wayside. I hope you're listening to me. 
It's very important that your heart must be clean. You must be able to see everybody on your journey and there should be no hiding or no vengeful feeling that the person must die. May the Lord deliver you from such evil. Number two for today. Amen. People who are prone to falling are people who are prone to pride and arrogance. They fall out of the race. Amen. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and the haughty spirit before a fall. Pride was the first sin of the universe. Lucifer fell because of arrogance and pride towards God. He lifted himself up against Almighty God himself. And he was marked for destruction and punishment because of his pride. And those who are prone to falling whilst running the race, they follow the pattern of Lucifer. That's the pattern of pride and stubbornness. Amen? And this is again the older people. When people get a little older, they are stiffer and more rigid in their responses and behavior. Stiffness and rigidness are found in people who are proudly unbending in any matter. But young people are more flowing and more easily impressionable. Amen. I wouldn't want to have a church with no young people. Oh my. No, 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 no. Even if you guys get older, we must keep turning young people through the doors so we cannot have too much pride and arrogance in the church. Amen. You know, when I lead people to Christ in the initial stage, you see that no, no very, very humble, very uh, impressionable. Anything you say, wow, wow, they even jump and say, wow. Pastor said, stand, they all stand. The more they grow and the more they finish their studies at university, then they want to even argue up to you who taught them everything, that they saw something else in the Bible that makes you a bad man. Really now? Do you know what it is? Pride and arrogance. You were once easily impressed. You were once bendable, flowable, agreeable. You said yes. Please, sorry. Now you say, don't we also have the spirit? Like Miriam said of Moses, are you alone used of God? What about us? And you fall by the wayside. Your deceptive attempts to make a success of your ministry doesn't work. What? What's the trap that you, what's the bomb that you stepped on? Pride, arrogance. What's the bomb? Pride. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number three. I'm closing, closing, closing. I think it's this message is too tough with this church I'm going to preach it this afternoon 
at the bishop's council in Tafelsig. What is another trap? The trap of envy and jealousy will cause people not to finish the race. I don't want to read this long passage of scripture, but you know, Pilate, when he washed his hands with water after Jesus had to be crucified, the Bible says he knew that the Pharisees and the priests gave up Jesus because of envy. They were envious. What does envy mean? They would like to have what you have. Oh, yes. This is found in Mark 15, verse 6. Just look at 11. Look at 11 quickly, verse 11. They, they moved him that he should rather deliver Barabbas. Verse 10 quickly, 15, 10. 15, 10. For he knew. This is Pilate. Are you still here? Yes. Not your neighbor and say, are you still listening? For he knew that the chief priest had delivered him for envy. They, they criticized Jesus for the miracles, the healings, but they would have loved to do that stuff. They, they, they saw the crowds coming to his church. They had no people, but they would have loved it. So they said bad things about him. What was the reason? Envy. Everybody say envy. Spite and resentment at seeing the success of another is what is called envy. Are you with me? <clears throat> and when you harbor envy against another person's success, you are harboring a dangerous evil called jealousy. Although it is not easily to see with the eye, but an envious person can harm and kill you if he or she gets the chance. Are you still listening? <clears throat> Fortunately, most envious people don't get this opportunity they wish for. But then they earnestly hope for the downfall of the person that they envy. And don't just look at Pastor Chris while I'm preaching. There might even be people that envy you. I don't know what you have, I don't know what you are doing, but the fact that you are at BMI and that you are at a good church and that you are smart and that you also, they also want to say, huh. When she don't come each other. Pray not the year, the year. Also, Salin Sondar, so I think he's healing. That's how people talk. It gives you goosebumps when you think how much people want your downfall. That's why I, say, I don't think I must preach this to you. You don't know. But when you're in a pastor's shoes like mine, and God has given you a small degree of success, it gives you goosebumps to see how many people would like to see you for. It is a dangerous thing to be near someone who wishes you evil, but is actually forced to admire you grudgingly. In other words, he's part of the team, but he wishes you evil. But when he smiles, he, he, has to, he has to pretend that he's happy with you. Now I bring to the platform, God's servant, my father, Pastor Chris. Ah! 
How many of these presenters really say and mean what they say? How many of them say, when are they going to say that of me? Envy. People want what you have. What you have, people want it. You're working with Pastor Charlie as assistant, people would like that. You are helping LP at the kitchen, people would like that. You are helping Pastor Chris, people would like that. They envy your position. They say you're doing a good job, but they grind their teeth down. They when they break a bean, like I cook a habit chicken. It is painful when people see you enjoying advantages and privileges with success after success. Let me tell my envious people that are here because they're also in the church. If God keeps me and He spares me, this is nothing. You ain't seen nothing yet. So rather change from envy and become humble and supportive. And then the same blessings I enjoy, you will also enjoy. Number six, the penultimate point. People who are filled with love of money, they are also prone to failing and crashing out of the race of ministry. Amen. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money per se, but to love money, you know. And we, we see most people who can't give money to God because they love money too much, they can't give it away. They want to hoard it. 1 Timothy 6.10 for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith. Can you see how you can go from the faith if you love money too much? They pierce themselves with many sorrows. When Pastor Atu was taking offerings here on the dedication service, they say some pastors were murmuring behind the, their backs. About why it, takes, why it takes so long to take up an offering for the house of God. Once you have the problem with money going to God's house, I'm telling you, you have trapped on a bomb and a scandal on. It's going to blow you apart. You will never finish the race. You love money too much. You're conscious of money. You even encourage other people not to tithe. You say, how much do you give for your tithe? How much do you earn? You don't have to give your gross, man. You can just give your net, man. That is a lover of money. You're not going to finish the race. You're not going to finish the race. It's one of the scandalons. If the word of God is true, people who love it, they pierce themselves with, like they pierce themselves, they, they, Stab their own bodies with many sorrows. They love money too much. Are you with me? I always test my heart if I love money. And you know how you can test your heart? Is how long do you keep money in your purse? Do you see? 
Some people keep that money for weeks. My wife knows if there's money in my purse, it's going to be gone. Because when I see people, I, I, I always have a compassion and a need to help them and to give to them. Even if I think I'm due to be paid for everything, I, I don't, it doesn't matter if I don't get money. I don't love money. Serious. If any pastor must hear what I earn, what I earn at BMI, with a church like this, they'll say, Jesus must mal man. They come as verdien. You see, I don't love money. Money was never my source. God has always been my source. You see, I, I, I want to be a distributor of the seeds God puts into my hand. He gives seed to the sower. So as I sow, I'm always receiving. I'm always receiving. I'm always. Then this when I think that the pot is empty, then a refreshing comes to the pot every time. Because God is not the man that he should lie. And most of you fail at the area of money. Most of you can't give a 10% to God because you, you're so afraid the money is going to get up. You don't know God. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, brother. And He knows your need. He'll give to you, pressed down, shaken together and running on. And all of you that have helped the house of God and built the house of God, you have defeated the devil and the bomb of money that's going to blow you apart. Okay, the last one. I'm closing. I'm so sorry. People who are impatient, they can't finish the race. They can't finish the race. People who are impatient. James 5, 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. The husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until they receive the early and the latter rain. Many of us only know about faith, but really the Bible mentions in Hebrews 6 verse 12, follow those who through faith and patience inherited the promises. Keep it there. Keep it there. Keep it there. Faith and patience. Faith and patience. You know, when I started the church in 2003, there were some other pastors who also started churches then. But it looks like people can have great faith because the Bible teaches us to have faith. But faith must be mixed with patience. Are you hearing me? Faith must be mixed with patience. Because you say, is God not going to do it for me? Pastor Chris keeps telling me God is going to come through for me. You need to believe God, but you must also be patient. Are you with me? And here's the problem. People who can't be faithful, they can't stay long. In other words, they can't practice patience. We've built this church. We were 20 years old this, this year. Imagine after year five, I said, no, it's not working, I'm giving up. Imagine after year 10, I said, no, it's not working, I'm sick and tired of renting and moving from place to place. But be followers of them 
who through faith and patience inherited the promises. Abram was a hundred years old. And God said to him, now I'm going to give you the promise that I've promised you a long time ago. When you stood on the shores of the Galilee Sea, I told you, your offspring will be like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. He said, Lord, I don't even have a child. Where shall it come from? And the Lord said, I will give you a son. I will give you a son. Be patient. Be patient. Breakthroughs are inevitable. Not only because you come to a church called Breakthrough, but because God is the God of this church. And God is the God of Breakthrough. Maybe the thing you were waiting for has not yet come. But this morning God is saying to you, be patient. At the right time, I'm going to give you that thing which you so much desire. All I need from you is to be faithful to me. Keep believing and be patient. You see, be patient. After numerous rebukes, after numerous chastisements, after numerous guidance, this way, this way, say, Lord, when? Don't give up. Keep running the race. Keep running this race. You're going to win, my brother. You're going to make it to the end, my sister. Let's be real. I think when you get older, like Sister Fortain, Sister Fortain, then you get to a place where you say, Nee, ek gaat hier nog ander plekke soek vir keke nie. Is dit waar? Sister Brown, Sister Brown het klaar gesê, sy gaat hier nog vee rond dat loopie, nie? Gesettel nou. But I'm talking to the younger ones. The, 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 the scandalon is going to tell you, no man, go look somewhere else. Isn't there something better somewhere else? You see, you don't have patience. You, you want everything to change now. And that's what happened to many people. They should have been at a certain place where the blessing is connected to, but they left. The only good reason why you mustn't be here, if you, if you find a place that your blessing is connected to, I will even help you to go. Because it, be, it won't be intelligent to stay here and your blessing is not here. Do you understand? But most people who think their blessing is somewhere else, the fruit don't show. The fruit don't show, which means you should have stayed, man. You, the problem was you were impatient. But God will come through. God is going to come through. And I see Him coming through for you. And all of you that are cl working closely to the leadership, you will receive much rebuke because we are always trying to make the church the best it can be. Do you understand? And that can't be done in a lovey-dovey atmosphere. It has to be done with strictness, hardness, correctness, and excellence. Be, be happy if you are close and being rebuked. Because you are being molded and transformed into an image. No pride, no arrogance, no envy, no bitterness is all out of your way. You're jumping over the scandalons. And I see you becoming a beautiful, beautiful vessel. Not made of hay and of straw. But you shall be made of gold and precious metals so when the fire burns you 
you won't burn out. You will actually be purified. When gold goes into the fire, it shines the more brighter and brighter and brighter. Hallelujah. 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 Be patient. Be patient. Be patient. It's a very important message. Be patient. Come regularly. Find your seat. Find your You know, I used to get angry with people, Sandy, who come and say, Exodus, this is my seat. Like you and your mother, this is my euro, isn't it? But later I realized, as eindelijk recht. As eindelijk recht as you plek it where you sit. It's correct if you have a place where you sit because it means you are here every Sunday. Do you see now? And I said, no, I was wrong to be angry with people who claim. I want, many years ago, I'm, I'm finished, I'm finished. Are you, are you closing? Many years ago, I went to a church in uh, Uppington. I went to visit, I just arrived as a school teacher, young school teacher, 23 years old, young and handsome and smart, as I still am. am I, so I came in and I, and, I, and I, it was very hot. Uppington is 41 to 42 degrees in the summer. So I wanted to sit near the window like that brother there. I wanted to sit here. And then an old mama came in. She was coming in like this. <laughs> you know, they can't walk up straight anymore. Sir. Come, 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 young man. Come, 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 come. You have to play with me. And I realized over the years, she's given herself to sit there and to hear the word of God. But you also have a seat. So when we look in your direction and we don't see you there, we say, hey, what's, what's wrong with our sister? Because we're used to seeing you there patiently, patiently waiting on thee, patiently waiting on thee, patiently waiting on you, patiently waiting on you. Do you understand? And then you see over time. Sometimes God does things fast. Like in your case, you saw the Lord do mighty things for you. But others have to wait a little. God works different with everybody. Alright? But I can tell you, God will not disappoint you. I might even disappoint you because I'm just a human being. But God will never disappoint you. I feel His presence. Hallelujah. He was there all the time. Is that what you're playing? Bow your heads in prayer. Waiting patiently in love. He was there all the time. Just one more time. He was there oh, all the time. Precious Jesus. He was there all the time. Hallelujah. Waiting patiently.
He was there all the time. You know, things didn't always go well for me. If I tell you my story, there are many places of difficulty and hiccups. But I'm so glad I've learned to trust in Jesus. And I'm so glad I didn't give up. When people accused me, ostracized me, spoke evil about me. I'm so glad when the members that I trusted and hoped would be faithful showed this loyalty. I'm so glad I didn't stop. I'm so glad I stayed patient with God because He was always waiting for me. He was waiting patiently in line. Sometimes it takes years for God to fix you. Maybe some of you here, you've served God with fire, but you've wandered away. You, you, you fell on the road. But whilst you're alive, God is giving you another chance. My friend, young girl, mother, you see what the devil is doing? He's crashing your world around you. And things are going to get even worse. But you can find shelter in the arms of Jesus. If you are here today, you say, Pastor Chris, I need prayer. Pray for me, please. My life is not what it should be. And I want to come closer to God. I want to serve Him with more than I'm currently doing. Please pray for me. Maybe you're not born again and you want to be born again this morning. I want to pray for you. Maybe you served God many years ago. You came, but you've wandered away. I want to pray for you. If you fall into those categories, lift up your hand. I want to pray for you right now. If you want me to pray for you, want to commit your life to God, you want to be fresh with God, you want to serve Him, you want to follow Him, I see hands. I see hands, I see hands. Then I also want to invite you, whom I spoke to earlier when I spoke about the roots of bitterness. I know that those are the things that will make you fall and the scandal on. If you left the church out of arrogance and envy and jealousy, I want to pray for all of you. I want you to stand to your feet. The whole church is standing. And then those who have their hands up, quickly come to the front. I want to close in this prayer for you all. Waiting patiently, waiting patiently, all in line. He was there all the Come to Christ if you want Christ to come into your heart. Come to Jesus now. Come, come, come to Jesus. Come young people, come. Come older people, come. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus. Waiting patiently.
Owen Lang. He was there. Beautiful. Beautiful. Clap for the people that have come. It's decision making time. I have decided to follow Jesus. What have you decided? No turning back. Praise the Lord, no turning back. The Bible says in Romans 10 verse 9 and 10, If you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. With the heart one believeth and with the mouth confession is made unto righteousness. The Bible says in Romans, if you call on the name of the Lord, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus Christ died for us so that we can be free. Free from Satan's torment, free from demons and devils, free from the hurt and the pain that we experience in this world because Jesus Christ wants to be your Lord and your Master. Please say these words after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus I come to you today, I come to you today just, as I am. just as I am. I'm sorry for my sins, I'm sorry for, my sins. For, all my mistakes. for all my mistakes. Please forgive me, Lord. Please forgive me, Lord. Wash me, Wash me. With, your precious blood. with your precious blood. Please write my name, Please write my name in the book of life. In the book of life. Today, today, I give you my heart. I give you my heart. Today, today, please come live inside of me. Please come live inside of me. Make me a new person. Make me a new person. From this day forward. From this day forward. I turn my back on Satan. I turn my back on Satan. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on the world. From today. From today. I have decided. I have decided to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus. No more turning back. No more turning back. No more turning back. No more turning back. The world is behind me. The world is behind me. The cross before me. The cross before me. No more turning back. No more turning back. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. And, amen. and I think Pastor Chris Ross shared very well. He explained the message very well. So I think I'm going to ask him to share every day. You know. The Archbishop brought the prophet and I'm also bringing you. <laughs> so you, you, you explained the, the word very nicely to all of us. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages of Pastor Chris, tune in to Chris Ross Ministries podcast. Remember, faith cometh by hearing.